Welcome to Dead House. I am Dylan. I am Nathan. How's your week been, man? Stressful, busy, and full of stuff. Oh my. Yep. I mean, <laughs> different to mine. <laughs> yes. Well, turns out I'm turning into adulthood. We are. Oh, in this the, is true. In the process of buying the house that we are currently renting. Yeah. Wow. So, exciting. Yeah. Scary. Nerve wracking and exciting. Nerve wracking. It's fucking about to go into a fair amount of debt. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which is, which is a whole extra part of life that I was not quite prepared for just yet. Yes. But it is very exciting. Hell yeah. Gives you certainty that uh, <laughs> the place you're in is uh, yours. You can do what you like with it. Yeah, I mean, even well, I mean, the prospect of like not having to ever rent again, not ever have to mm. like have rental inspections or worry yeah. about them wanting to sell or having to find a new place and yeah, all that stuff's gone to the wayside. But now it's just replaced with now we have a house. <laughs> crippling anything, debt. <laughs> crippling debt. Anything that goes wrong is our responsibility to fix. Yeah. Uh, but man, yeah, good, I, good stuff. I guess on the other side of the same coin. Yeah, things are going to be your responsibility to change and fix and repair, but that also means you can do whatever you want to the place. Oh, yeah, we've already got a list, like bathroom redo, mm. fucking cactus garden, frangipani tree in the front yard. Nice. All, all the good stuff. Get a fucking pet dog. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You have to change the fence, I guess, for that. Depends uh, what kind of dog. What kind of dog? Like a big dog? Like medium dog, like golden retriever or okay. like Labrador or something like that. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I don't That'd know. Be good. Depends on the woman, what she wants <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, that that's my exciting news for the start. Yeah, wow. That is cool. What well, did you do? A, Anything that lives up to that? It's a bit bigger than my <laughs> news. So pretty much, uh, I went to a show last night, saw Trophy Eyes in dear Seattle. Big fan. Uh, I have matching Trophy Eyes tattoo with Sean. Indeed. And uh, we saw him up the coast as well, which was cool. Um, don't go up there too often these days, but Maruchidor, uh, north of Brisbane, is one of my favorite places. And uh, we checked out this... Burger Bar, last time we were up there actually to see Trophy Eyes at Eleven Dive Bar, which sadly is no longer there, and I was in awe. It was the best <laughs> burger I've ever eaten. And That's a the, high bar. Yeah, but it's also got like a kind of, what do you call it? Like a new school pop culture vibe, mm-hmm, and sure. um, like the music they play and the aesthetic and everything. Because I remember there was like horror movie themed like pinball machines, and they had like a signed Robert England uh, like framed poster or like a Freddy Krueger sweater or something. Oh yeah. Um, and I don't know if you would have seen my poster last night. Oh yep, yep. The the uh, xenomorph. xenomorph graffiti with the beer in its hand. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's just a really cool place. But um, show was sick. Listen to Trophy Eyes if you don't already. Dear Seattle are very kind boys, <laughs> and uh, it was a good time. And uh, my next not saw yet, but I dare say <laughs> the rest of the week I will be. Struggling to look over my shoulder when driving. You'll be like the Batman, like in the original <laughs> The Batman, where he has to turn his whole body to look anywhere. Yeah. Um, That'll be you. What else? Oh, yeah. I guess some other news. Um, I suppo- in other news. I suppose by the time the listeners are hearing this, uh, my new song will have been out on streaming services. Oh, yes. And that so- song is called To the Wayside. <laughs> No, I, you haven't released it, so I don't know what it's called. No, so I've got a new song coming out on the 10th of November called Let Go, which is uh, from my forthcoming EP, So Below, an accompaniment to As Above, which mm-hmm. I dropped in 2021. So <laughs> Two years ago. Yeah, man. I'm so keen to have new music out. It's been a minute, and it's been a labor of love, and it's a long time coming, so I'm so stoked for people to hear it. So if you like hip-hop, and uh, you don't listen to me already. My name is Amity <laughs> on Spotify and other streaming services. Give it a spin. Let me know what you think at uh, didhousepod at hotmail.com. 
Right. Drop us a follow. But um, Personal plugs aside. Yeah. Let's get into this episode. Today we're discussing The Descent, 2005 mm-hmm. film, and one of your top fives. Indeed. It definitely was in the top five episode. Mm. Uh, Does it still hold up as one of your top fives after seeing it again? Alex asked me the same thing after we watched it, and I don't know. Oh, well, there's doubt. No, there's only doubt because of my original basis of my top five. Like, okay. originally when we did the top fives, I was like kind of determined to pick movies that were all different from each other and had a specific reason. And like, I picked this one because mm-hmm. it was the first sort of movie I'd seen in a long time that gave me like such a visceral reaction and like a, like a sense of dread and fear and yeah. all that stuff. But I didn't I, like the more I watch it, the less that feeling is there. And I, I just get like, really used to it. Yeah. Okay. But it is still a very good movie. And I mean, I don't know if it's in my top five anymore. I mean, I hadn't seen this film in years. I think I was a child when I first saw this. You're um, still a child, but like, continue. I don't, I don't think I was even a teenager yet. I might have been. But it's good. I very much enjoyed this. And yeah, I agree with what you said before. Like definitely a sense of dread. And that's probably a byproduct of the claustrophobic viewing experience of having it set in tunnels in the dark. Yes, yes. So uh, it does that very well. If you're the type of horror fan that is in it, because of the fun, like maybe wacky, like enjoyable camp of it, mm. this ain't the fucking movie for you. No, this is no. this is the type of movie that you want to sit down and feel bad. It's grim. <laughs> yeah, it's it's real grim. Yeah, and Me- a bleak ending, which I suppose we'll get into later. Yeah, because it depends. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, also, you said before when it was called The Descent, I also wanted to say when they were filming, they called it Chicks with Picks, <laughs> which I think is just a funny, <laughs> funny working good. title. I like that. Yes. That's funny. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's another British film. So, what else have we talked about so far? It's been British. The Ritual. The Ritual and Hellraiser. Days later. Oh, and Hellraiser, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, we've done a few now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. cool. And uh, written and directed by Neil Marshall, who was the man behind Dog Soldiers and the 2019 Hellboy, which I've still not seen, but the fact that it was rated R in Australia piqued my interest. But um, I didn't realise that was Neil Marshall. Yeah. I mean, I've not seen it. <laughs> no, but, but uh, Dog Soldiers is sick. Yes, so. I've also not seen that one, which yeah. is, I need to. I'll, I'll save that for the werewolf episode. I was going to say, you would appreciate it being werewolves and also the same style <laughs> yeah. as this. And then just British humour, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's definitely a like hyper-masculine watch. <laughs> Whereas opposed to this one, uh, an all-female cast. Yes, very exciting. Is, yeah, quite interesting. And starring Shauna McDonald, Natalie Mendoza and Alex Reed, none of whom I think I have heard of before or seen since. Yeah, there was one of them that looked familiar. Mm. I think it was, I think it was Alex Reed who played Beth. Okay, and I think she was in a couple of episodes of the the British TV show Misfits. Oh, like, like okay. The superhero like teenagers. Yeah. Uh, I can't quite pin where she is, but I think she was from that. Okay, I've never seen that, but I've heard good things. And actually, oh, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember once um, the the retail store that I work for, <laughs> uh, a customer bought the box set of that and they returned it the next day and they're like, yeah, I bought this for my teenage daughter and it's just not appropriate. And yeah, I was like, it's, okay, did you read the fucking classification <laughs> on the front or the blurb on the back? It's 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 similar to the boys where it's it's about superheroes, but if they were sort of in real life, but it, from the viewpoint of like, yeah, British teenagers, yeah, there's yeah. lots of swearing and naughty behavior. Uh, a bit of background on this film. Uh, made on a budget of three point five million pounds. Yeah, which I believe would translate to around six point six million. That's the number I got. Ooh, very nice. <laughs> We're consistent with our notes without prior consultation. Excellent. Uh, 
Uh, and it made around $57 million at the box office. So, yeah. bit of a hit, this one. <laughs> Ominous creaking door <laughs> in the background. Um, bit of a hit. And I remember, like, growing up, a lot of people would say this was, like, one of the scariest films they'd seen. Or, you know, if it came up in conversation that you were both horror fans, someone would always be like, oh, have you seen The Descent? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why it took me so long to rewatch this. Probably just due to its availability, but... Uh, yeah, it definitely has some um, has some memorable scares and a decent story underpinning it. The only kind of uh, thing, I guess, that I wasn't like fully on board with was the main character's backstory. Like, uh, they like came back to it in the end and like nodded to it throughout the film, but it didn't serve any purpose for me. Like that whole grief backstory. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just. Like, because obviously, if you have not seen the movie, go watch it. But, uh, like, it opens with sort of the main, what's her name, Sarah's mm. like husband and daughter being killed in a car accident. Yeah. And so, th- and so throughout the movie, she kind of either hallucinates or has like images of her daughter celebrating her fifth birthday mm. and like blowing out her candles. And she's very kind of reserved, mm. uh, and you can. It's kind of like the main dude from the Ritual, I guess. But then yeah. she kind of. Changes to be this badass yeah, well, that, monster that, killing. That that's my viewing of of that's why they included it is so that she can have that character progression from in the beginning she's this like like complete victim like mm. she survived on pure chance and is you know living in sort of regret or like mm. guiltiness like survivor's guilt yeah but then throughout like the shit that goes down in the movie she then like comes out the other side this like just complete badass who's like almost as primal and animalistic as the fucking monsters she's versing yeah and like okay. that. Well, that would cause her to survive, but, you know, to, I mean, again, depending on what ending you watch. I can kind of see that now that you mentioned it, actually, because, yeah, I didn't sort of consider the Survivor's Guild aspect and the fact that she lived purely by chance, whereas with the events that unfold in this film, like a year later or however longer it is, mm-hmm. she, like, earns it. She fights yeah. her way to yeah. survive, so she, it's, she like, survives redemption. to a point, uh, because of the actions that she takes. And Yeah, okay. I mean, I was going to bring it up later, but I may as well now, but, like, hella carry vibes... Like, mm. I don't know if she's just because she looks like, but when she's covered in blood and then there's this one scene where she like, is looking at the other chick with her eyes wide open. Yeah. It looks exactly like, uh, was it Sissy Spacek? Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. I definitely thought that exactly too. Exactly like Carrie. Just like the trembling, wide-eyed, deadpan look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this was set in North Carolina in America, but the exterior scenes were shot in England and Scotland. And all the interior scenes were actually... Cave sets. sets. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, 21 of them, I believe, in London. Yeah, which makes sense because imagine how hard it would be to film a cave, oh, to film a movie in a cave, mm. like underground. Like the lighting would be awful. Yeah. You don't have really much room to maneuver the cameras and shit. Also, like, the liability of the health and safety involved. Oh, yeah, true. I mean, you know, that's important, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it, like the fact that they can then just make the sets and move them around and it just looks incredibly realistic like a cave is mm. a testament to whoever the fuck the set designer was. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember his name, but yeah, it's um, the same guy designed all of them, which is pretty sick. Mm. Have you ever been in like a, a cave or spelunking, anything like that? Not not spelunking and not like proper caving, like the tiniest, tiniest cave. Because mm. we don't really have many around where we live. I know there's a couple like further up north Queensland mm. and then you get like the lava tunnels and stuff you can go in. But yeah, I, I want to, but not to the extent of these people. Oh, because no, no. Pe- people who do the spelunking where you're like crawling. Like abseiling and shit. The abseiling I'd be fine with, but the where you're like crawling in a space that's barely bigger than you, I'm out. Yeah. Like the 
You read the the story of the Nutty Putty Cave incident, and it's <laughs> trauma inducing. Good God, what is that? Well, it was so th- there was like this cave system. I think it was called the Nutty Putty Caves. It's a fucking stupid name. Is that Australia? No, it's in America. Okay, like the Nutty Putty Caves. I hope I'm getting that right. Uh, and there was this like family of people doing the splunking, like what as you do. Mm. And there was a certain section of the cave which gets like very narrow, and I can't remember what they called it. It was like. I don't know, it was like the womb or something like that. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And then one of the people who was doing it was like split off from everyone else because they were like, oh, this bit's too easy. Mm. I want to find something more challenging. Went off alone and then went down into this, like this womb area. But I don't know, the way it sort of worked out, he was crawling forward and it was getting like a narrower cave. And Mm. so he pushed through and he thought that if he just pushed through a little bit more, it would open up into like a bigger area. Oh, uh, yeah. That's like funnel into a big opening. Yeah, because I think he thought he was somewhere else, gotcha. but he was actually in this sort of slightly unexplored area. And so he went down and then fell and was literally stuck at like a, I don't know, 60 45. degree, 45, oh. 60 degree angle facing down Ugh. and literally stuck there. And uh, eventually they found him like still alive. Um, oh, wow. But they couldn't get him out. Oh. And so he was stuck there for like 24 hours or something, Jesus. upside down. They tried to like jury rig like ropes and stuff to pull him out, but it was just bending him backwards. Mm. So he died there. Wow. Yeah. And then because it was because of the whole incident, I think they literally just like cemented over the entrance to the cave and you can't go in there anymore. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> but imagine that being like trapped upside down for 24 hours, just in a cave. Yeah. In Pit, pure darkness until someone yeah. finds you as well. Yeah. That's crazy. Nightmare fuel. Yeah, I've been in caves and, like, underground mines before. Um, never, like, you know, exploring to the extent that these characters were or anything. It was just, like, a tour guide thing. Um, and it's always kind of ominous, but uh, I don't really get, like, claustrophobic. But you see in this movie, and I've seen it in other movies, like Sobolo and stuff like that, where someone will get stuck and they panic and hyperventilate. And it's yeah. like, no, no, you've got to be calm because if you hyperventilate, you're going to run out of oxygen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> scary plus like thrash around probably hurt yourself a bit more yeah 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 i i don't think i'm that claustrophobic but if i tried to imagine myself in a cave i'll be fine until i saw like a huntsman or a spider <laughs> and then all of a sudden i would i can imagine i would just feel trapped and awful and uh oh yeah panicking do you remember we went for a trip to melbourne and i think it was like a group of maybe seven of us and four of them were trapped in an elevator at like oh, 1 a.m yeah. for an hour <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't one of those them. people. No, I'm glad I wasn't. I've never been trapped in an elevator, but that wouldn't be so bad because mm. you know huntsmen can't get in elevators. Yeah, yeah, the music could be the worst. Yeah. Uh, so what else? Neil Marshall has cited uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Deliverance as influences for the tension in this film because it's definitely like a a slow build that kind of crescendos. It's not. Um, mm. I mean, it's got jump scares, but sure. they're they're not cheap. Like I, I quite enjoyed the numerous jump scares in yeah, this one. Yeah, I. Maybe there's like one or two cheap jump scares, but the other ones are pretty much earned. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's definitely like a like a slower build at the beginning where not much happens. I mean, yeah. it opens with some action and then a kill and then it sort of takes a backseat and then builds up again. But I like that because it, it just gives it a chance to like build up the characters, mm. show their relationship and make you care for them, which makes it even more heart-wrenching when you then see them get killed later. Yeah, it sort of gives it room to breathe. Yeah. And, and then, uh, as, and then, as soon as it does flick over into like, oh, this is a horror movie, mm. then boy, does it flick. What's interesting about that though is they kind of explore the fear of claustrophobia and 
the dark and the sort of inherent nature, dangerous nature of cave diving or spelunking before the monsters are even introduced. Yeah. Which is really cool. Like it, it, it could be just a movie, a horror movie about people getting stuck and trapped and whatever, mm. maybe turning on each other. But no, then they introduce this awful, horrible, animalistic, probably inbred monsters. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's really interesting about those creatures is they kind of allude to it in the movie with like the cave paintings, but more so in what I've read behind the scenes from Neil Marshall is they were going for the idea that the creatures which kind of these like blind, pale, humanoid things. Nosferatu-esque looking motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're sort of meant to be like evolved cavemen and they just never left these caves. So they've adapted to, to you know, be fast and strong and um, enhanced senses, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to thrive in there. And what's awesome, which we always love is they kept the creature designs and the actors in makeup hidden from the cast until the reveals in filming. So, it was so like a genuine shock of yeah. like, oh, I'm now looking at this weird looking thing. Genuine scares and probably one of the best jump scares in history. In, in this <laughs> film, out of horror history, is when they've got like the night vision camera and they sort of pan to the right and it's just kind of like looming in the corner over them because no one in front of the camera saw it. Yeah, So it's pitch black. Yeah, so when it's pitch black... And the only chick that's got eyes to see in that room freaks out. Everyone else will just be like, oh my God, what is it? What's happening? Yeah. So that it's was perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a fucking huntsman. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, you definitely hit the nail on the head there with like the Nosferatu, like 1922 hmm. uh, looking Nosferatu with like the pale face, the pointy ears, the long teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can definitely see where they got that inspo from. Um, at first, I suspected maybe it was too many characters to follow because it's like six friends that go on this trip, Mm -hmm. but they kind of hone in and focus on three of them and give them kind of like an entangled story. So it makes the other three sort of somewhat expendable. Yeah. But you still kind of like panic and feel for them in a way. They they have enough personality and like interrelationship Mm. with the main characters that you care for them, but it's still like they provide them getting killed in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. They are kind of there to die. Yeah. There is a pretty good twist, though, with one. like, So, one of the friends sort of creeps up on that other chick, Juno, right? Mm -hmm. When she's sort of attacking the monsters and she thinks it's another one of the creatures. Spins around and fucking spears a pick through the neck. (laughs) Yeah, that's a heartbreaking moment because... Yeah, like they've just been attacked by animals and mm. like the entire like shooting and editing of it is very fast paced and like snap, snap, snap. Yeah. And then she turns around and you find out, oh yeah, she's just killed her friend. Mm. And then it comes, it lingers on that shot for a long time where they're yeah. just standing there looking at each other while she's bleeding out. And she's just like, oh fuck. Yeah. It's like, it, it gives you a moment to really just dwell in that mm. awful, <laughs> awful moment. Yeah. It's kind of like the strangers when guy accidentally shoots his friend walking yeah. into the... Hallway. It's definitely that that style of uh, like heart heartbreaking heart wrenchingness. Yeah, yeah, and obviously the twist there that comes up later is that she's not actually dead yet. <laughs> yeah, which is I mean rough. There's a whole point to be made about like Juno's character and Sarah's character having this like antagonistic relationship mm. eventually because it's revealed that there was an affair with Sarah husband Sarah's husband, mm. um, and also like yeah she accidentally killed Beth. And left her to die. And doesn't tell anyone about it. And doesn't tell anyone. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, but does that 
Like, does that really warrant, like, then stabbing her in the leg and leaving her to die? She, like, she didn't... It's not like she outwardly, aggressively tried to hurt anyone. Like, yeah, she had an affair. Mm. Dick move. Mm -hmm. She accidentally killed her friend in a panicking situation where she's trying to survive. Mm. Unfortunate. That doesn't doesn't necessarily make her a bad person, I don't think. Enough enough to die. (laughs) Well, so she, she had an affair... Was it with Sarah's husband? Yeah, the dead husband. Okay. Well, I can see that being enough motive. Okay. <laughs> the next one kills one of their best friends and doesn't tell them. Or like, att- you know, didn't attempt to kill them. It wasn't attempted murder. Well, yeah, but how do you like? How do you tell your friends that? Hey, fucking, I just accidentally killed our friend. I don't know. However they did it in Hereditary. <laughs> just crawl into bed and wait for them to find it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I see what you're saying. She's not, like, none of it was... I mean, maybe apart from the affair, which I guess was implied. I didn't really... I must have... Um, was that in dialogue or just in, like implied? Because I must have missed that. It's very heavily implied. Oh, okay. So did you... Okay, so you didn't get that. So well, at, at the very beginning, like the husband helps her out of the raft or out of the water and they have like, share oh, like a look. yeah, and they give the eyes. Uh, yeah, and then God, yeah. there's a scene when they're in the cabin and Sarah, the main chick, says, um, love the day, I think is what she says. And she's like, oh, it's just something my husband used to say all the time. And then later, when she gets that necklace that Juno oh, was wearing, okay. then that says love the day. And that's sort of like, yeah. oh, well, that means like, that's like, which if you're going to cheat on your wife, don't use the same phrase that you're using with your wife. You yeah. know, this is dumb. Yeah. That's uh, okay. I definitely remember all those things somehow did not piece it together okay. that, that meant she had an affair. Right. Um, yes. Because that, yeah. that's pretty much, what, I mean, it's interesting that you didn't see that because then did you catch like the bit of tension that was sort of between them or no? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. for sure. I just thought, I don't know, because like Juno's the one that's kind of like, oh, no, like this is an undiscovered cave. And I just thought it'd be really cool to name it after ourselves. And everyone's like, you mean you took us to like a different place to what we all had planned out? We knew the entrances and exits. Because hmm. obviously the reason that's such a big dick move is because the tunnel collapses on itself and then they're forced to find another way out. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, we don't know where that is because... This bitch had different plans. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it also gives it like even more motive for her when she says she wanted to name the cave system after Sarah. And it's it's yeah purely out of guilt. Consolation because, prize. Because she feels guilty that she had an affair with the husband and then yeah. well, he's dead now. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty wild. And I think uh, the crew referred to the creatures as crawlers, which sure. I like. That makes sense. They crawl a lot. Yeah. And uh, the whole film really gave me a similar feel to Aliens. Where you've got like all these xenomorphs crawling through the the sort of corridors in the ship. Um, I kind of got that vibe like when these critters are running through the cave tunnels and um, jumping out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I thought it was really interesting. I guess sort of backpedaling a bit into that theory where they're like a uh, like a predatory caveman colony. It's interesting that they're not all males. Like you see, sort of a child that gets killed, and then like the mother that's kind mm-hmm. of like protective of it and attacks sure. the chick so i thought that was really interesting where it would have been so easy to just have these kind of like creatures that are just like throwaway monsters you would see in any other horror whereas this yep. one they're a bit more human sure yeah yeah they just, we, they just evolved slightly differently down the line yeah which is why i really enjoy that that scene where they discovered the cave painting and it's got like fucking mammoths or whatever the fuck it was yeah i try not to think about that side of the movie because i don't buy it and so it in my brain, I just do yeah. Like, if they okay. would, that's not how evolution works. And so, also, 
like they ever they go out of the cave because like I think that dead moose at the start mm. is like meant to forewarn them. Yeah. Uh, and there's like entrances to the cave, so it's not like they're trapped down there. But I don't know. And I mean, if I don't, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. No, and I mean, if they're apex predators and they can tackle a moose, surely they're fine with leaving the cave and attacking whatever's on yeah. the surface. Like, yeah, you only you only sort of evolve out of necessity. Not even out of necessity. Evolution's weird. I don't mm. know. <laughs> I, just, I just thought that was really interesting as well that the movie's called The Descent to consider them like descendants or something. There you go. It's just I a nice kind that. of pun. Sure. Um, and I thought it was a really good seed to plant though that they find like the abandoned old equipment and mm-hmm. they're like, oh, this is like 100-year-old technology and things like that. So when Sarah first sees like one of these creatures sort of in the distance in the dark, she just thinks it's that like, guy that got lost and they found his equipment and he just looks like that because he's been stuck down here for so long i thought that was really well written yeah i like too how like their first thought is oh it means there might be a way out here and then the one chick i think it was juno is like well look how old it is and the Mm. cave's undiscovered this is not a good sign (laughs) like if there's this stuff here it probably means they didn't escape well there's a lot of bad omens as well because even when they're like after the cabin i guess and they're walking to the cave like you see the Dead elk, like on the ground. Did I call it a moose? Well, I mean, yeah, is, is it's probably elk an elk like the genus or something, like the umbrella term? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not American. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then they have like the one member of the group that's talking about like the health hazards. And she's like, oh, just remember, you know, down there it can cause uh, disorientation and hallucinations and all this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even like a bloody handprint at one point and <laughs> yeah. no one really like says anything yeah. about that. Um, That's cave tings. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think my favorite moment in the whole film was just how tense that scene is when they are looking for another way out and they've got to like cross that drop off. Mm-hmm. And the way they do it is just the fucking upper body strength to <laughs> climb across like the roof of it and mm-hmm. like jam the like carabiner clips or the hooks into like the crevices yeah, to yeah. run a line through that whole scene man i was like holding my breath because <laughs> i love when they like drop a rock over the edge to see how deep it is and it's just like a 10 second shot waiting for yeah. the sound to hit the bottom just to give that sense of oh if you you don't want to fall down there yeah yeah and of course there's always like one person that like tries to do it a different way to the others and then it goes wrong because like they're yeah. all climbing back or whatever and she's like, I'm going to do it this way. And then I, it But slacks. that's again, I, I think I'm maybe too forgiving of that character. But I, I, she's like, it's a smart thing to do. Like, because they lost the rope bag. So they do need that climbing gear. Yeah. It yeah. is a smart decision. She like, just go back and get them. Maybe should, you know, work on up body strength. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that was, that was pretty wild. How are you with heights? Uh, average. Average? I'm average. Like I, a plane is fine, but not like a oh yeah, planes, ladder planes or a ride. Fine. Planes... I don't mind at all. Mm. Uh, but when we went to Melbourne, <laughs> they had like, the Eureka Sky Deck. Oh, uh, yeah. Where there's like, you're in a, like the, a tall, the tallest building in the Southern Hemisphere or something like that. Mm. And then, yeah, the floor's made of glass. That was a bit how you're going. Yeah. That yeah. was a bit, I don't think I was able to let go of the rail. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I can do it. I just get very hesitant up the top. You know what's funny is I've done that twice being on planes countless times, but it was being on a Ferris wheel that freaked me out. Okay. And I think it's because you're on this big rickety steel <laughs> wheel in this little like sky rail, mm-hmm. you know, cabin thing doing a 360 extremely slowly. Yep. 
I don't know what it is about that, but that just yeah, unnerved me. It like lingers. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I've also been skydiving, and that's a completely different type oh, of Oh, yeah, like, fuck, that's heights. true. <laughs> I don't know. Skydiving's weird because I think the adrenaline, it all happens so quickly that you don't really get a sense. And you're so high up, there's yeah. no sense of scale. That is so funny. You've been skydiving, but it's standing in a glass <laughs> box off the side of a building that freaked you out. Yeah. Well, like I said, the adrenaline is completely different. And okay. when, you, when I went skydiving, it was obviously tandem with a professional. Mm. And so... He's there to take the lead and he's like, all right, put your legs over. Cool. Yep. He literally pulls your head back and fucking jumps out. Yeah. Oh, so Good God. It's so fun though. Yeah. Would I, recommend. I'm willing myself to do it one day. I just don't know when that day will be. Maybe my your final 50th. Day. Oh, okay. 50th? <laughs> yeah. No, nah, do it now. Late life crisis. <laughs> Sorry, uh, folks, if you're listening to this, <laughs> don't mean to dishearten you. Speaking of shit that makes you cringe, how about the broken leg scene? And that is that's like so good. Force it back in to put the splint in there. Another thing oh, that this movie does extremely well is mm. the practical effects. Yeah, yeah. It's another thing like I was saying before where like a lot of the things that like make you want to look away or make you tense in this movie aren't even like creature related. Mm. They're just things that could feasibly happen in real life. Yeah. Like yeah. falling down a, uh, in a cave and compound fracture in the leg and then mm. <laughs> good thing there's a doctor there but she has to fucking yeah. literally jam it in with her fingers oh, it's it's <laughs> such a brutal scene because there's like a few of them holding her down put something in her mouth so she can grit her teeth and mm-hmm. then they're just like heaving on this bone to like push it back into place like yeah. oh man well it's the reality of the situation it's what yeah. you gotta do it's gnarly and uh i guess speaking <clears throat> of bones i really enjoyed when they discover like the lair or whatever it is, mm-hmm. like in the caves, and you've got like the floor littered with bones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at the time, they see it's all like animal bones of carcasses, I guess they've dragged from the top and, and eaten and discarded. But yep. then later, I can't remember if you see like through video camera, like infrared or, or what, and they're like walking over human skulls. Yeah. That yeah. was really good set design. Oh, yeah. And even like when, I think it's later when there's like the, the fucking bones everywhere and there's like a sea of blood. Yeah, see, I didn't know if that was actually like a pool of blood or like, you know, a body of water where it just happens yeah. to be where the bodies get left. Yeah. Well, I, I dare say it's, it's like just a cave pond. I don't know. Just yeah. A group of water cave that has just become so bloodied because of all the dead bodies there. Well, that was my question because that was what I first thought. And then when you were saying earlier in this episode about her looking like Carrie mm-hmm. covered in blood, um, I was wondering if like maybe that was just the red from the flare or the, the flame. Oh no! It's it's it's, it was vis- blood? it's viscously red. Yeah, okay. No, that's yeah. definitely bloodied water. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Because I didn't want to say that in the pod and then find out it was just like fucking lighting. Oh okay. Well, I'll declare it if anyone has any <laughs> pool problems, of they, they can at me. Yeah. No, that was gross because that's when she's like wrestling. I think the mum and the kid or whatever, yeah. and just like gets submerged under there. That's Ugh. when you got that really cool looking shot where like she's laying on the rock. Oh, reach out to dude! The and then the one just stands on top of yeah. her. Yeah. Talk about tense moments. Yeah. I know I've dropped that word a lot in this episode, but. <laughs> That is what this film is. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's kind of... It, like, literally creeps up on you. It's, like, mm-hmm. it's kind of sudden. And um, she's just, like, crawling along the ground, takes a moment for a spite, and then this hand just, like, resting on her head while the creature looks around. Yeah. Because, obviously, it can't see her. So, yeah, that was... That was uh, intense. That's very nice. <laughs> that was a good scene. Um, also, how about when... Was it... No, it wasn't Beth. Was it Holly, the one who broke her leg? And then she gets, mm-hmm. like, yep. dragged off by the creatures and eaten in front of Sarah. Yeah. And she just has to, like, watch it through the video camera mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the shadows. Oh, man. That'd be... 
an unfortunate situation. Yeah. I mean, this whole movie is an unfortunate situation. It's all just wrong place, wrong time. 100%. Well, it doesn't really matter about time. <laughs> well, yeah. They're always down there. Well, I, I guess... It's just unfortunate you, that they got caved in. Yeah, I was going to say, hey, nice. Can you consider them nocturnal if they're always in the dark? Uh, that is an excellent question. I've never pondered that. Because they're nocturnal hunters, but yeah. just all the time. Because nocturnal just means at night time, like active, active at, at night. night. snap. But active any time under in the dark. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I guess not. Well, that's the other thing is like in darkness, like how would you tell the passing of time? Like whether it's day or night? You don't. Kind of like, I guess on the other hand, that like Vsauce video where the dude like locks himself in a brightly lit <laughs> yeah. white clinical room for like three days and he mm-hmm. just has no concept of time. Interesting. Interesting. Because oh, yeah. your body clock would just get thrown out of whack. Yeah, that, that's always fucked. Like the first time you go to sleep, you have no idea how much time has passed. Yeah. 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 That's wild. We, we've all had that like minor panic attack where you like take a nap after work or something and then <laughs> you wake up and it's like three hours later and you think you've slept like 40 hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like what the fucking what, what time of day is it? Oh man. But uh, yeah. Yeah, that scene's wild. And I mean, even when the creature's like propped up on her, it kind of just like vomits a little bit <laughs> like this goopy shit just drops yeah. on her face and i mean it's gross yeah that, whoever was behind again we should have looked up the name but whoever mm. was behind the design of these monsters incredible job yeah yeah like yeah there's definitely hints of like that they, they were human at some point mm. but their eyes are completely like whited over and sunken in yeah it's like because i haven't seen the sun they're like teeth are filed to pointy like sharp pointy bits mm. and i think they were all played by actors instead of like stunt performers yeah because, yeah because neil marshall like wanted them each to have their own sense of character mm. but i mean yeah. they, they only ended up like using seconds at a time of each one so i don't know if that really translated yeah that's true it was only glimpses of glimpses of things and that's what i really enjoyed about like the infrared aspect it gave me like a kind of quarantine like mm. found footage vibe where um, cause I watch a show occasionally with my mom, uh, called Project Fear, where it's these, uh, paranormal investigators in America, that, like find haunted locations and get locked in overnight and just see what they can find. Sure. And every now and then they like switch off the infrared light so you can see through their perspective and it's just pitch black <laughs> in like a fucking abandoned hospital or yep. some creepy shit like that. And yeah, it's just the fact that you're limited to this single light source, um, or this single kind of like viewpoint through a lot of the film. Uh, on top of it being, you know, in a tunnel and having monsters around there, having your only exit caved in. Like, it's just so many things, <laughs> like, contributes to the isolation of this film to make yeah. it such a perfect setting for a horror. And I mean, now that you say that, this could have really worked as a found footage. Yeah. I well, it, thinking about it. Yeah, because it, it... Did it ever show sort of through the perspective of the camera or was it like a shot over the shoulder looking through the camera? Uh, oh, excellent point. Because I was wondering yeah. that myself. I was like, can you consider like parts of this film found footage? But it might just be like the cameras looking at like the screen, like the viewfinder. And yeah, I I I don't I, did, I don't remember well enough to mm. to, to declare that. Because I mean, it worked with So Below when they're like tunneling mm. through things, and yeah, yeah. Uh, also, I just want to say about the monsters, uh, like the reason they are so quickly shot and stuff is they were shot in um at eighteen frames per second. Oh, and then okay. with a forty, like twenty four, or... yeah, and then with a forty five degree shutter, right? Okay, so that's what I was saying before we started. Um, that was to like give them this sense of staccato. Oh, okay, like yeah, super, super quick and juttery, yeah, jittery, like the fucking Babadook. 
Yeah, Babadook. Like or, a stop or, motion effect. Yeah, yeah, like the... Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Okay. So I guess that would make them look like they're moving quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like uh, the zombies in like 20 Days Later as well, I guess. Mm. That's what I really enjoy in films when there's a shot like in a club or something and you've got like mm. the strobe lighting and everyone's kind of like got these stilted movements. Yeah, my, mind, that, my mind immediately goes to Blade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the prime example. Yeah. Um, I would just love horror to incorporate that more because that shit freaks me out. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just it makes me unnerving just being in a club like not even just seeing it in a movie when yeah you but see that's that. probably do with the people it's like that scene in um halloween the 2018 one and it's like the uh motion sensor light in someone's yard oh yeah and the kid's like oh sorry sir i'll, I'll get out of your hair <laughs> and it goes off goes on and he's like swiping at him yeah that's that's sick that's a cool scene in that movie yeah it's like an example of that done much slower <laughs> We said before, Sarah ends up becoming this creature-killing badass. Mm. And by the end of it, she's like snapping their neck and spitting on them and yeah. gouging her thumbs in their eyes. And uh, like I said before, kills the offspring. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty gnarly. Um, and I can't remember if it was her, but one of them like sticks the fire like in its mouth. <laughs> like, uh, jams yeah. the, the pick like in its mouth or something. Yeah. I know, they, they, they all die in very, very gruesome ways. Yeah, yeah. And I guess we've touched on it before and some people are probably confused with the way that we've worded it, but let's address that ending because essentially the escape is a hallucination in the original script, in Neil Marshall's cut. Yeah. So there's, because it was in the UK release of this movie, which is where it was released because he is UK, I guess. Correct. Um, And that's the one that I watched on SBS On Demand. I presume you did as well. Yeah, that's the same ending I think I remember as well. Yeah, okay. So, and that's what I remember the first time I watched it as well. I've only ever seen the other one on like YouTube. Mm. And so in this UK original ending, she finds an exit, she escapes, she's like, is literally like reborn into the world out of like a tree stump, Yeah, gets to her car and it's like this five minute sequence where she gets, runs to the car, drives the car, parks the car, a truck goes by, she vomits out the window yeah. Yeah. and then she snaps back and it wakes up in the cave again and so yeah. it turns out she, yeah, just dreamt that and then hallucinates her dead daughter with a birthday cake mm. and then it just zooms out and yeah. just ominously... Right. Just on her it own. It like fades to a picture of like the one they took at the cabin. Yeah. And so kind of very much implying that she dies in there. And that's really nice too because it uses like the flame of the birthday cake to turn into like just the flame that she's using as a light source. Yeah. There was also something in that ending where throughout the movie we we're talking about there was the birthday cake and mm. it had five candles. And mm. then in the last shot of the cake it has six candles. I don't know if that means like anything. I wonder if like maybe... Like six friends, like she's the last to die. Ooh, now she, like, like she's that. been added. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say maybe like the car accident happened on her birthday. But yeah, I like the six friends analogy. Well, I think they do talk about celebrating the kid's birthday. But mm. anyway. Yeah, so no, that, that's interesting. So that's the UK version. Yeah. And that's, in my opinion, the superior one, the better yeah, one. Yeah, we like a bleak ending. Yeah, it, it very much fits the, the whole theme of this Look at dreadful seven. movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but... They some people thought that was too bleak, and so they filmed a new version for the US release. Mm. Where was it a new version, or did they just cut that last minute so she gets to the car, throws up, and then the credits roll? Oh, maybe, yeah. And Actually, it's like, okay, she did make it. Yeah. Out. So, well, yeah. So the other ending is just that she survives. Yeah. And that's when then the descent two takes place, like two days later, pretty much immediately afterwards, mm. with her as the main character. And so, in terms of canon, that's the real ending that happens yeah uh 
But well, because he didn't write or direct the sequel, right? Mm. So yeah, I don't believe so. He very much stuck to his vision. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so those, yeah, those are the two different endings: one bleak, one not. Mm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think I've said this before in in uh, a couple other episodes on this pod, but I really like sort of a dream sequence or a hallucination like that that just goes longer than you expect, and it sort of draws out long enough for the viewer to accept that. As fact. That's the new reality. And then when it rips the rug out from under you, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because it's it's not like they've had the whole film and at the end it's like, oh, and then they woke up and it was all a dream. Because like, I hate that in books. Oh, yeah. That's, Un- that's, unless that's the, famously like the worst thing to do. Yeah. Unless it's like a Fight Club twist or something, you know, like Sixth Sense or something like that. And it turns out the whole movie like led up to this fact that like yeah. nothing was what you thought it was. That's but, fine because the, the stuff still happened. It's just there are certain aspects that aren't. Um, what yeah, you think it was That's what I think The catch is That's mm. the important part But you can't, yeah. you can't just say Turns out Everything you just watched Didn't And hasn't happened mm. And now it's back to square one Yeah 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 so like, If it was this It's like Oh yes She entered this cave alone And was just like Insane and grieving um, Well funny you say that Because there's a fan theory That people like to think That there were no monsters And this was all In her mind And hallucinations And she killed them all Oh god Yeah That's what some people think I do not. I do not agree with that or I, I like th- that. But I thought it was worth mentioning that there are people out there who yeah. choose to believe that. Yeah, okay. But yeah, it's um it's a really good horror that plays on a lot of common fears that mm-hmm. I guess are, you know, inherited with um outdoor exploring activities. Yeah. And yeah. uh the fact that they just throw, you know, monsters in the mix in the dark, uh, but also have that you know, story or that idea that perhaps this is sort of like a lineage of human evolution that's just been forgotten and evolved to this apex predator. I know you're not a big fan of that, but I thought that was what made it quite different to a lot of other horror movies where it could have just been like a faceless creature that they've thrown in for shock value. Yeah, like the monster is just what humans could be. Mm, mm, Yeah, something to be said about that. But um, that was also really cool um, was... The opening credits that had like a panning headlamp, like display the names. I thought that was really cool. Okay. And uh, I think it was like near the start, you had a dolly zoom in a hospital mm-hmm. and it's when she kind of comes to after a coma or whatever, after the car accident and then she finds out her family's dead. That scene where she's like running down the corridor and the lights are switching off after her and that existential dread reminded me so much of the ending to talk to me. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like when we walked out of the theater after seeing Talk to Me, you were like, oh, that ending reminded me of something. <laughs> and we couldn't remember what it was. Turns out it was this. Yeah. Yeah, because does that literally happen in Talk to Me? Is she running from yeah, the lights turning off? She's like chasing after her dad and yeah. he like gets in the elevator and then all the lights go off and then you see the, the match. Yeah, back to the descent. But um, yeah, that, that was a, that's a good like match cut of... Um, like, yeah, she's running down the hallway and then it sort of cuts to, mm. like, real life. Like, she was running down the hallway, but it was treating it as if that's what she was imagining in her mind. Yeah. And then it turns out there are people all in the hospital and then she runs into her friend's arms. And in a way, that's kind of what they do with the original ending. They kind of call back to that where yeah. her reality is not, you know, correct. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, some really nice aerial shots of the landscape as well. I guess when you get any film that's kind of set... In like a forest or something like that, you always have a nice opportunity for. Yeah. It's hard not to think of The Shining when you get like yeah. overhead tracking shots of a, of a, a car, car driving going through a forest. Yeah. Well, that and also that like, 
old viral video of like the car and there's the jump scare that comes mm. out. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, you mentioned before something that I thought was a really good description um, is when she emerges from the cave and you called it like rebirth. I thought mm-hmm. that was really interesting because that shot when it's like from the side and she's scrambling up this like shaft of light and mm-hmm. this like hill of bones to get at that opening. This is a beautiful shot, man. Mm-hmm. And I think speaking of that um, natural light, they try to use as much um, natural lighting and light sources from the character to light sets as they could. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether that be... Like the flare or... Yeah, glow sticks. Glow sticks they got from a sex shop. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really cool and really interesting because then you can play with shadows a bit more and your mind might be mm. like, oh, was that something in the background? I don't know. Yeah, which is good because there are shots in this movie where, like, they do have the monsters move in the background but don't call attention to it. Yeah, and So yeah. the characters don't see it. You might not even see it, but some yeah. people might just get a flick of it and like, oh, shit, that's there. And one of my favorite uh, styles of background scares is when, well, you've got like the strangest type esque one where it enters and exits frame mm-hmm. without the character knowing, but also when something's in the background during the whole shot, and then once the characters have moved away, it moves. Yeah, like so the it, ritual. Yeah, so it, you don't even you don't notice it until something draws attention yeah. to it. Yeah. Those, I imagine, are hard, like the hardest ones to do because yeah, yeah. You, you're sort of relying on it being camouflaged enough that people won't immediately spot it. Mm. But then as soon as it moves, it's, it's almost as like you feel dumb for not seeing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And whenever that happens, I almost always go back if yeah. I can. Like, unless I'm seeing it in a you know cinema. Yeah. I try and go back and see if I can like, spot wait it. wait a minute, let me see where it is. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's like uh, I mentioned in the Halloween episode. It's just one of those ideas where you sort of drag the viewer's eyes to one side of the screen and scare them on the mm. other. Yeah. Really cool technique. And uh, it's... You mentioned it before, like the very kind of fast-paced editing. Um, it was... Very reminiscent for me of 28 Days Later, which mm-hmm. I guess was all also an early 2000s British film. So mm-hmm. that might have just been like an emergent style in that country. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the action sequences were like sort of like blockbuster movie level choreography. Like yeah. when you've got the wrestling with the creatures and the attack scenes, they're like, yeah, again, really fast paced, really um, sort of well mapped out. Good blocking there. From, yeah, like, from the, the the, like, like that. I think it's like the, the final sort of fight sequence where mm. the two remaining alive women like are standing there and the get like slowly getting surrounded by the monsters that yeah. looks so cool yeah and there's like just a beat where it just holds and then they just start tearing into each other yeah it's uh often regarded as i think one of the scariest movies of that decade yeah i mean i think it's one of its taglines is like the scariest movie in earth <laughs> which is which is funny yeah i like that but um yeah i i agree it's um i mean it's it's not one that I'd put in my top 10, but it's a very good watch and very scary. Mm. I, I got the creeps watching this movie <laughs> in daylight. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, the more I think about it, the more I think it's dipped out of my top five. Okay. But it's definitely still up there. Maybe top 10. We might need to do like a rearranged episode in the future because like Talk To Me is now in my top five. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Just, but- skip, just skip over the ones that are the same. Like, yeah, this is still yeah. the same, but... Revised top fives. Revised top five. I don't know if mine have, would have changed that much though. Yeah, and uh, I guess we've we've kind of done another one of yours. Like we did Nightmare on Elm Street, and I guess three being one of your top fives, we've yeah. kind of ticked that. Well, it's, it's not like we're ever gonna. I don't think we'll ever dip into like Give the sequels episode. of of the the movies. We're not nah. gonna talk about Friday the Thirteenth Seven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, you mentioned before the Descent Part Two. Have you seen that? 
No, it's I'm still holding off because so many people say it's a disappointment. Yeah. And I it's not like it'll taint the first movie. Like, mm. I don't know, it kind of will because then all of a sudden it's it's real that the ending, like the US ending is the real one. Yeah. But maybe one day. I, I don't want to give it time. I've got mm. My time should be given to other movies that will be better. <laughs> I've not seen it, um, but I have heard it's very scary. But okay. uh, yeah, I mean, if it's not Neil Marshall and like I said, they're going with the ending that was like edited for American mm. viewers and I don't know if I'm there for it, but yeah. Yeah, and also, I mean, not not anything against her, but the main character is not my favorite character in this movie, and then she is the main character of the second movie. So, yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. Who was your favorite character? Uh, probably probably Beth, like Alex Reed's character. Yeah. She, she just plays that like like the friend who's super supportive and there for the for the main character mm. and is like protective yeah. and then brutally gets tragically killed. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, we didn't touch on that. So, she gets the pick through the neck. Sarah discovers she's still alive and then she kind of begs her to just kill her and she does it by just bashing her head with a rock. Yeah, that's right. You just get this wet thud. It reminded me of uh, another movie. I think it's called... Is it Sanctum? I think there's another movie. It's not a, not, 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 not a horror movie. It's like a disaster movie. I think it's called Sanctum. Okay. Where okay. it's like these group of uh, like scientists, like cave explorers, trying to find like an undiscovered cave system mm. and they get trapped down there but because they're like pretty much all like seasoned cave explorers, they have this rule that's like, if you're hurt down there, everyone knows you're fucked, and so mm. you have to like take care of them. Like, and oh, so so someone familiar, so actually. someone like breaks all his bones, and then they just have this like silent look between. Them. It's like, yep, I know what to do, and then he drowns him. Wow! And then that's, yeah, that's actually a really good movie. That's full on. Which also reminds me, the production. I've got to mention right at the top, the production of this movie mm. had to get fast tracked because. I guess they found out or they realized that there was another movie that was already beginning filming called The Cave. Oh, I did read that. That was set to be released the same year. And so they wanted to like get it out first so that it wouldn't be like seen as a copy of The Mm. Cave. Because it has similar like themes of a group of people getting trapped in a cave, hunted by either something or someone. Yeah, okay. Okay. That's cool. And so usually when you hear about movies getting like fast tracked or rushed through production, it's a bad sign and it usually ends poorly, but mm. this one still managed to be really good. Yeah, yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Is there a shot in this that you'd frame? There are there are so many. Uh, there's like the one where you're talking about where she's crawling out over the bones to Before get to the one. Before she escapes, yeah. There's the one literally afterwards where she's breaching the, the tree stump and out. Yeah. There's the one where the fucking crawler is standing on, on a rock. Uh, but, oh, I, yeah, but I'm going to go for the cheap fake one because... It's not even in the movie. It's just the cover art of oh, the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, and nice. And it's because it is literally a famous... It's not a painting. It's a famous photograph by an artist. Oh, like the telephone one? No, hold on. Where it's made to look like the teeth of a skull? Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. Because that's kind of like where uh, they got the inspo for the Exorcist cover. Was that lamp painting? For anyone who hasn't seen it, it's like a picture of like the girls forming... The shape of a skull, mm. and it's like backlit. But yeah, it's it's based off an actual piece of art that someone made with real people. Yeah, very nice. We can have a photo album of the descent, and then a framed film poster <laughs> in the hallway. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that's sick. Hell yeah! You know what else? What? I uh, I discovered this week, and I I sent you, and I'm actually really keen. Mm-hmm. 
like probably more keen than I was for Exorcist oh Believer. God. Okay. Well, was, we all know how that turned out. <laughs> was that there is a sequel to It Follows oh, in the that's works. right, yeah. Called They Follow. Yeah. And it's the same director. Yeah. Writer-director, David yeah. Robert Mitchell. Because I know way back when it dropped and it got successful, people were asking about a sequel. And he's like, yeah, maybe one day. Mm-hmm. So to me, that thing's like he's always maybe had an idea. Just never knew how to... Well, that, do it. that's my, I think, biggest problem with it is I don't know how you could have any new ideas about it. It's Because it's a pretty simple concept mm. and it's like, I don't think there's much to explore with it. Because if they try to just do the same thing where it's a group of teens and it's the same thing, they're just getting chased by this thing that's following them. Mm. Like, that's not interesting and I don't want to watch that. Like, now okay. hold on. If they do it in a retirement village... <laughs> Yeah, then I think maybe. We, we made that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I, I disagree with you because I think when we did the It Follows episode, there were so many other avenues we were exploring just by like freestyling, like bouncing off each other, like, oh, what if this happened? Or what if they show this? So I think there's heaps you could look into. Yeah, but it depends if they will or not. I don't know. And considering it's called They Follow, it's probably like wider characters or a wider scope of like where it's taking place. Yeah, I guess. I don't, I don't know. know. I'm I, intrigued. Sure, uh, as long as I go on with low expectations, then perhaps <laughs> I'll be excited. I guess we'll find out in like three years when it comes out, or five years. Yeah, yeah, fair. But that's about all I have to say on <laughs> The Descent. Cool, me too. So I think that's this episode done. Yep. And you can catch us any other week on a Fridays at 5pm when we release the new episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, between then, you can catch us on our social media at Deadhouse or Deadhouse Pod. You can also send emails at deadhousepod at hotmail.com. Indeed. So if there's any questions or movie recommendations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we'll be right back.